Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. It is good to be back. Holy shit. Big week this week. Big, big, big week. Oh, yeah, dude. Big uh, big news in Sixers land, for sure. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, Sixers land, Big news land. at win by, win by two land. Yes, man. Uh, you know, we didn't forget everyone, it, although it is Saturday, a little unconventional here for In the Pain podcast, but we are live. And, uh, you know, it's only, uh, we're two men down this week. Um, you know, last night we were going to do the show, obviously, uh, we, and we might, and we'll get into it, but we might start switching the show to Fridays. Uh, you know, I just started some uh, a new job, so it's um, definitely easier on our sleep schedule. Very easy. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Um, Got to make that money. You know what I mean, Mario? Oh yeah, man. Got to get your bag. So uh, yeah, we're two men down. So we were gonna do the show last night, but uh, you know, me and Mario were just like grooving. I don't know what it was, man. As soon as you walked in the door, it was just like yeah, dude. Like we, so we've been like over the past few months, we've been demoing a lot of songs, and. Uh, I don't know. We just kind of f- found this like part that we liked, and we just kind of took it and ran with it. And we were like, you know what? Let's <laughs> while this is still fresh in our like brains that really don't retain much information, let- yeah. let's track this so we don't lose it. And uh, yeah, I'm stoked, dude. It's it's a pretty groovy song. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, you know, we're gonna be writing a lot these next couple uh, weeks, these next couple months. So um, you know, it's always good, man. Uh, especially right after you know you, you get done. And you get, and you put out a new song, you know, like we did uh, with "When You're Around," which we'll be diving into that as well. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, or at least for me, I'll just speak, you know, uh, for myself. But you know, I go into some writer's block, and it's uh, you know, it's, it's challenging. I feel sometimes, and then, then I just get very discouraged, and then I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm not even." You yeah, know. you hit that wall, and you just put your guitar down, and you're like, "I got nothing." Uh, and then one day out of the blue, it just comes to you. Yeah. And I find that you know being in the being in a band setting, it's much easier because you have five minds working on a song. So like, you may hit you may hit a writer's block, but then you'll get you know one of one of the other guys will come up with something. It's like it just clicks, right? And it makes sense. Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, we got we got a busy show today. Um, you know, like I said, unconventional. Uh, Saturday midday Saturday stream. Um, I was trying to think if we've ever done Saturday streams, and we have. The answer is. Um, you know, with UFCs and fight nights and, you know, Jake Paul fights and stuff the like wiffle that. The wiffle ball. The wiffle ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have streamed in Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Morning. This actually, it's funny because, like, the wiffle ball specifically, this is kind of like right around the time we'd be on, too. So literally, yeah. I mean, I think this would be like the last game of the day. About 12, 15 probably time. Th- yeah. Getting ready to wrap. Yeah, man. Yeah. So good times. Uh, we got to get into that, too. We got to start putting that together and, and getting ready for season two. But, uh, yeah, man, so, uh, you know, beautiful people of YouTube, fine people of Spotify, welcome in. Grab yourself a cup of joe or a glass of whiskey and whatever you like to do. A little day drinking. A little day drinking, man. Uh, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, man. That's what they say, you know. You know, a, a little bit of whiskey in your coffee ain't so bad, though. Dude, it's actually I used really to do that. Good. I used to do that in college. Actually, really good. <laughs> I used to go to lecture hall classes in college, and I would put a couple shots of Fireball in my coffee. And get me through the morning. Yeah, dude. Well, you, you all fireball, though? Yeah, so, like, because, like, the cinnamon. So, if you put, I mean, I drink my coffee black when I drink hot coffee. But um, if you if you do, like, a shot or two of fireball, and then you put, like, a little bit of creamer, um, it's good. It's, it's It gives you this, like, real sweet, like, cinnamony taste. Well, fireball alone, man, I, I let me just say I'll never drink again, dude, because, uh, <laughs> Dude, I like, and I didn't even get drunk on. This it's time, the one dude. where everybody's had the one bad experience. Yep. Like when I was twenty, I had one. Yeah, and and say, I mean, I'm almost thirty now. I don't, I can't. 
Well, what was your uh, experience, man? So, not not like a full big bottle. You know, there's like there's like little bottles. What are they like? A, a like, like the shooters? No, not not that small. Like I'm a talking, little bigger than the like, shooters. Like a, what are they like a pint or something? Whatever. Something they are. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one of them. I think we to might my... have one on the wall. I think it's behind you there, right there, right. Yeah, so about that size, maybe a little smaller than that. If maybe you guys the one look like over Mario's. It, I mean, what would to be your either, left shoulder? It's either that one there or the one that's a little bit smaller than that. I had one of those to myself because I had bought it. So me and a friend, we were taking sh- like we were taking shots. They are very cheap. Yeah, we were we were taking shots, and she was supposed to help me finish this bottle. <laughs> and of course, we finished the other bottle, so that was left to myself. And I had that, and then I had. I had a case of beer, and I I probably drank about half the case of beer, and and dude, I was like puking in like a sewer grate. Oh, dude, that's the worst, <laughs> like, man. Ew, I was just hunched God. over on this curb, just like throwing up. Oh, was, dude, it was twenty years old. It never, I've never been the same with Fireball, dude. It, I'll yeah. drink it. Like I, I like I actually like putting a shot of it in um like an Angry Orchard. Okay. Um, you, you sip a little bit off the top. You put a shot in and mix it up. It's pretty good. But like, dude, other than that, I can't. I can't just shoot it back. Like, like I, I, I watch people that just they'll buy like those. Um, you ever seen those big buckets? Yeah, those fireball buckets for oh like parties. God. Dude, it's nuts. One of these guys. Yeah. So you, so you, you, you know, you crack it open. You, you sip a little bit off the top, enough for like a little shooter, a fireball. So you just sip whatever's in the neck. And then you pour a shot in, mix it up a little bit, and it's good. It's like it's like an apple cinnamon taste. Gotcha. Uh, one sec here. I have to update something. Since we don't have three cameras going, I completely forgot to do this. But uh, so when you guys are looking on the screen and you're seeing, or maybe not. Maybe it's good. All right, never mind. Uh, moving on. Anyway, uh, yeah, dude, I can't. I I I don't, dude. Uh, listen, Fireball was good to me for for a long time. You know, it, we had a, you know, kind of a give-take relationship, as some could <laughs> Love, say. Love, hate. <laughs> Love, hate. Um, you know, but there was this one time, this fireball, man, it's just recently, too. It's probably, like, within the last two months. Uh, you know, I wasn't even drunk. I probably maybe had taken three shots. I was like, you know what, I got to drive. Can't really, you know, I don't want to, you know, get to that level or whatever. So, anyhow, uh, you know, three shots in, just chilling. Out of nowhere, dude. Literally, out of nowhere. My mouth starts watering. Oh, you know, spins, you know it's coming. And I'm just like, dude. Once, oh. once the mouth waters and and you get that pit in your stomach, you yep. know, no matter how hard you fight it, you know it's coming. And that's the thing, dude. And dude, I, and that's the thing. You're not even drunk. Like, exactly. I, I had an experience one time, a New Year's party, where I had eaten a Wawa sandwich. This is like hours before I was eating, so you know we're gonna be drinking all night. And hours later, we start drinking. I took one shot of it was like some like apple vodka or something something real sweet, and I I mean this is my first sip of liquor for the night. Instant it was instant. Really? I went I put my hand like this and oh, I ran to the bathroom. It was, it was it, yeah, and it was just it was it, it literally made me like sick because of my dinner. Yeah, yeah. But it, dude, it's it's <laughs> that's why I like don't really drink like that anymore. Yeah, because dude, it, it fucks you up, man. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah, so we'll be laying off, uh, you know, the whiskey here on today's show, uh, you know, given that it's the middle of the day here, and, uh, you know, we have some shit to do. Uh, shout out to my dad, uh, just dropping in on the live chat. Congratulations on your new video. You guys definitely took it to the next level. All right. So that kind of segues Thank right you, into- Thank you, Cat. 
right into. Yes, and thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a great experience when you're around, you know, from the recording process all the way to the video, you know, and just everything in between. I mean, it was just a whole, it was a new experience, I guess, on all fronts. And it was just, you know, uh, it was a great experience overall, man. Like, there's really no other way to put it. Um, you know, so, I mean, the studio that we went to, uh, you know, King Sound Studio with Justin, man, I mean, we've talked about it on the show uh, a bunch of times, but, you know, the equipment is just top-notch. Everything, you know, you're, you're getting what you paid for. Oh, dude, when I walked in there and I saw just the drum room alone, right? when you first walk in, it was yeah. like, I already knew what we were getting into, and, like, you, you could see it, this whole thing, even with Trevor with the video, it's it's the culmination of, like, now we have a few of these under our belt that we know what we're doing. Um, we kind of know what our sound's going to be. Let's let's really invest and make sure we put out a top-notch quality product. And, uh, dude, everybody killed it. Like, yeah. it was great. Yeah. And it's being uh, reciprocated really well. Um, you know, so shout out to everyone who's been streaming that and showing love and showing support, you know, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big reason why, you know, we, we, we play music and, you know, in the first place, but yeah, like to what you were saying, Mario, like, uh, you know, we have had done three videos prior to the when you're around, we did time on my hands, wasted away and canvas, which we shot ourselves. Um, you know, and time on my hands, man, was our first legit music video, like, Anyone's no, like all of us, I think, right? Like no individually, even yeah. like well, besides, well, yeah, I was, I was gonna say Mitch, but you know, uh, Mitch wasn't in with time on my hands, so yeah, us five at that time, that current lineup with Brian, uh, and then us four, Alex, me, you, and uh, Nick, no one is you know, shot a video, so we had no idea what to expect, man. Um, and you know, now Wasted Away was a little different, uh, you know, there was a little bit more, I guess. We tried to add a little bit of fun into it, right? We kind of, we kind of, there was like some kind of a narrative, not not that it was really like a straightforward like a storyline, but it was more of like a okay, this is kind of like a hometown type of song. Like let's like go down to the you know the park at the baseball field and everything. That was cool. And oddly enough, too, with wasted away, I don't know if uh, anyone knows or who, who whoever knows, but uh, wasted away was one of, if not the first win by two song uh, written back in like two thousand and eight. So it, it was kind of fitting doing the video here and yeah, and it that. really yeah it, it captures the vibe of like this is how you started yeah and now it's kind of coming full circle right right and it still has like that magic it's cool man it was fun yeah and then with canvas obviously we shot ourselves you know I I, I kind of took the reins on that thought I knew what I was doing man and look you know when you look, watch a video like canvas and then you go watch when you're around I clearly have so much left to learn but you know what though at the end of the day. It, it, it speaks to itself, though, if you think about it. Like, you know, that's, like you said, a couple of times, you know, before that, we had it, never shot a video. Right. So those two before that were, were brand new experiences. So for the fact that, you know, within within not even two years at that point, you, you're already behind the camera shooting your own videos. Right, right. And, like, kind of directing how it's going to go. Like, that's speaks to itself. Yeah. And, and it came out really well. I, I really think for, for being a DIY project, we, I think we did pretty good with the limited resources that we kind of had at the time. Right. Because, um, you know, we really were like, all right, well, how do we maximize, like, the scene with the roof? Like, how do we maximize playing shots on a rooftop? And, like, you, because there's so much to utilize, you know, in terms of B-roll in Atlantic City. It's like, well, where do we start? Right. And and we kind of, you know, we we kept it kind of kind of tight, and, and I thought it came out good. I mean... 
the helicopter scene's pretty cool. Like everybody always tells me, like, dude, that looks like it was like kind of like CGI'd in or something. Like it's some kind of yeah, special yeah. effects. I'm like, no, we just happened to literally catch it at the perfect time, and we just got like the perfect shot. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's uh, to your point. That's what everyone says to me too. That oh man, that helicopter, dude. I was like, yeah, man, we got like a hundred and. $50,000 prop for free, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. that's a, that's actually practical effects. That does explode if you watch the extended version. Yeah, Michael Bay style. Pretty Transformers much. start coming out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, that's well, the R-rated extended cut. The extended cut, yeah. Dude, but uh, no, nah, man, this was... So to, to get back to when you're around, man, this was just... You know, we, we had done three videos in the past, and we had a... All of us kind of had a vision of where we wanted to take it, and... You know, uh, the shooting of the video, um, uh, to me, wasn't really that hard. Um, it's the coming up with what you're going to do. One, if you know what you're going to do going into the video, it makes everything and so much easier. That's what made this one go so smooth was because the idea I know, like, because Alex was pitching the idea that he had. And I thought, like, oh, that's great, man. Like that. That could be really kind of like a funny, fun narrative where it's like it kind of shows it kind of shows that you know we you know we're 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 putting more to this than just playing shots and then to get the playing shots that we got to go with it and like you know Trevor came out to the grape room and shot the show like dude it, it it's cool because it it has cinematic elements in the beginning and the middle where it's like kind of like a short film and then at the end it kind of captures the live experience yeah. so it really gives you like the full body of work of like you know what we are as a band and um yeah man i mean the fact that like trevor as soon as we pitched the idea to him he kind of knew in his head what he wanted to do and i remember like at the grape room he had told me like yo like i'm gonna give you like a little more context of like what i put in you know as far as like you know the scenes with the text messages like and everything i was like dude that's brilliant like yeah because that literally you're, you're taking exactly what we had and just putting it to screen and, and it's playing out like flawlessly and and you know well he he absolutely crushed it dude yeah it was it was at first it kind of felt like it was going to be a tall task yeah and because we're all kind of like oh my god like you know this is kind of like you know we don't necessarily have the budget that we want to do exactly what we were trying to do and like you know we don't have the time to shoot like but he just made it all work he's like no no, no we're gonna make this work and I'm going to maximize this location and it worked. I mean, dude, he, he pulled it off. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah. He absolutely, absolutely crushed this video, knocked it out of the park home run, uh, created by Trevor. Yeah. Created by Trevor. Uh, it's the link is in the description on, uh, the, when you're around video, um, check him out. He's Marty Gra Marty Graw, Marty. Am I saying that right? I think it's like Margarita queen, right? Or on Mar or, on yeah, Instagram. Marty Graw, <laughs> Marty Graw <laughs> queen. Uh, yeah, it's Margarita Queen. Queen, dude, that's a tongue twister and a half. That is kind of a tongue twister. Say that three times fast. Yikes, Margarita uh, Queen. Wow. Try to <laughs> say it three times fast. Margarita Queen, Margarita Queen, Margarita Queen. I got it. Fucking no problem, dude. Close nice. enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but he he knocked out of the park. So check him out if if you guys are interested in uh, you know shooting a video or you know whatever you want to do. I mean, he's the man with the camera, the the nice equipment and all that good stuff. So. Yeah, and, you know, just to kind of – I was kind of weary about it at first, man, because, you know, video – the three videos prior to uh, when you're around, you know, it was uh, – you know, that's what I was kind of picturing of how when you're around was going to come out. Something like that and maybe just, you know, a little bit more enhanced since we were on better locations and whatnot. Right. 
But, you know, really, I was not expecting what we got. And, you know, uh, it's it just really a testament to what he's able to do behind the camera. And then it goes back to what I said, like, if, if, you, if you have a general idea and a script of what you want to do, some sort of plot, something, you know, it, it's going to make your life so much easier. And then, the, you know, when you improvise, you know, it, it, it makes it that much better. When you're coming up on ideas on the fly, you know what I mean. Yeah, because then you can, because then you can, you know, when you're already starting production on it and you already kind of have it laid out how you're gonna do it, then you know, in the moment you can tweak it. Like you said, if there's something that comes up, it's, it's like, oh, let's try this. Because right. like at that point, you already have what you need, so now you can just try things and see if they work. Exactly. Just because you have everything else planned out, so if it doesn't work, oh well, it hits the cutting room floor and it's no big deal. Right. And we had a couple of things that ended up working out. I mean, dude, I mean, the 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 opening scene with the text messages, you know, and we're sitting by the bathroom. That was funny. And yeah. running down the hallway and then, like, kicking the door in and you see Alex sitting there all tied up. Dude, it was great. Yeah. It was hilarious. That was one of the uh, probably the best scenes. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode exactly. or something, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah, man. So, you know, uh, you know, when you're around was awesome to shoot. Can't wait to get back at it and do it again. We're actually going to play it here for you guys. Uh, iTunes listeners, Spotify listeners, uh, Google Podcast listeners, wherever your consumer podcast, that's not the video live edition, uh, you know, once weekly here at, uh, you know, in the paint studios, win by two studios, uh, you know, make sure to sub to our YouTube channel. Uh, give us a sub and, you know, stay tuned because we're drop, we drop updates all the time on here, you know, with the vlogs and stuff like that. Um, you know, show announcements. We're on here once a week with the podcast. Uh, you know, we'll always let you guys know what we're doing, uh, what we got coming up, what's getting ready to be dropped, you know, and kind of like, you know, this is like the, the uh, I guess, the behind the scenes of what's to come sort of thing, you know, weekly. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it, kind, it kind of gives you a little bit of insight of like what we're doing here and kind of lets you see, like... Because it's hard nowadays with social media to be like to build like a mystique, right? So it's almost like you have to go the other direction, where you just kind of have to drop little crumbs here and there, or kind of put things out there and kind of give people a little bit of that behind the scenes. Dude, that's crazy! You just said that because I I think about that all the time, dude. Because uh, think about bands in the past, you, you would you would completely go away, right? And then all of a sudden, you just like a hammer, you just drop right. this shit out of nowhere. And, and the mystique about bands back then of not knowing what was going on and not getting the daily look inside of their lives every day. Like, that was, to me, that was... To me, was, that was the cool part, That right? was fucking awesome. You would just see a cryptic post or some kind of cryptic message would pop up. Before the internet. Before the internet. Yeah. You, yeah, you or would... Or, like... Let me or, or early, early, early internet. stages, yeah. You would... Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, yeah, like, that mystique was always, like, kind of like, ooh, what's coming next? Right. And now it's like... If you're not constantly making TikToks, you're not constantly posting on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, dropping little things here and there, you like lose engagement of people because they're so, they just want the next thing. Right. And luckily for us, we've managed to like make it where like we constantly give that next thing, but we're not giving away too much. And then when these things like this come out, it's like, oh, cool. Now I get to see the full scope of it. Right. Yeah, while, you know, while it's not because, you know, you see it with even like movies. I mean, you see these trailers where like you, you just watch the whole movie basically in a, in in a, a two minute truncated version. It's exactly. like, well, shit, now I'm not even going to bother to go see this. I'll wait till it comes out right. on, you know, HBO Max or Disney Plus. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's crazy, dude. And and with the attention spans of people these days, and I think it's, you know, has gotten worse and is going to continue to get worse just because of the, uh, you know, always, I guess, uh, you know, developing 
internet and and with technology always just advancing like by the second really at this point um you know yeah it, it, it's it's tough man it, it's tough I, you know for me i like to try to find that balance of not posting too much but not posting like not at all yeah so it's like and it's hard because then like you get that mode of like all right i posted enough i'm gonna sit for a while and then you just forget about it. you're yeah. like, oh shit i have to post like three things in a row now exactly. because they forgot about me exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, dude. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, make sure, you know, like I said, if you want up-to-date, uh, you know, up-to-date stuff uh, of what we're doing here at Win by 2 or in the Pain Podcast or, you know, shows or merch drops or new music, whatever it is, sub to our YouTube channel. Um, you know, make sure you hit a li- that like button, share it around to, uh, you know, whoever you got to share it to. Put it, in, uh, put it in front of someone and see what their opinion is. And... Something else we always kind of forget to mention, because I always forget, too, and I just kind of saw it out of the corner of my eye. You guys can hit that bell, too. Get reminders for any time we put out new content. Yes. We're always putting out new podcasts every week, and, you know, obviously with the music video dropping, you know, you get the you get the first notification when these things premiere. Yep. So, yeah, check it out. Check it out, guys. All right, so without further ado, uh, you want to run this uh, When You're Around video, man? Uh, yeah, dude, let's do it. Been talking about it uh, for a good, good little bit. How are we doing here. on that? Uh, so 606 views, cool. Ooh. 608. Okay, shout out to all 608 of you guys. 608, man. All right, so let's uh, let's debut this, man, here live on the podcast. When you're around, official music video. Enjoy. And this time I'm taking city lights over the thought of another fight. The right place, the wrong time to wag you down. I- so the girl in the video is uh, Brandy, which is uh, Alex's friend. I... I kind of forget her last name right now, so I apologize to her. But she actually absolutely crushed. Oh yeah, her part. We're gonna see it in a second. Amazing. The old, uh, in the background there, that's the old uh, pirate flag that used to be here at In the Pain Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And our, and our co-host. And our co-host, Brandon. Brandon's in the corner. And Alex, yeah. Shout out to uh, shout out to Brandon for- We got uh, everybody in on this. He 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 crushed this too, man, uh, on his parts. Like, it, Brandy, Very imposing right there. I like that shot. It was, you know, Brandon and, and Brandy. That's weird. I never really even thought of that. But, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that kind of just dawned on me too. Wow. Um. So they actually, you know, they were like the yin and yang. Like Brandy was like that overboard, you know, like uh, sadistic yeah, person. Yeah, and then Brandon just kind of tall and menacing, kind it, of standing it, in the background. I it, like it, man. Yeah. Very good uh, evil duo there. Yes. We were chasing our dreams just like kids in the movies. I swear we look like we're straight from the Goonies. Mario, this overdraft. Is a, uh-oh. Oh, shit. So, uh, yeah. 
What's going on, Mario? You need to talk about some content. (laughs) (laughs) So on screen here, uh, buying some content. It says, uh, you know, there's a text bubble here. It says your account is overdrawn, overdraft charge transaction only. Sorry, Alex, I tried to save you, pal. Ah, shit. (laughs) I tried, but. He was just getting wrapped up in something just, else, dude, man. I just can't can't resist them tits, Now we have the singer, so we got to rehearse. Yeah. <laughs> Promoters looking for us. Well, fuck it, we're gonna go instrumental tonight. Fuck it. That's, I mean, that's a classic, like just image right there, man. I mean, and, yeah, dude, all the all the classic rock going on in the background, dude. Yeah. It just fits the the whole entire aesthetic. For audio listeners, uh, shout out to. Uh, what's this place called? It's, uh, dude? Surreal Sound Sur- Studios in Philly. In Philly, so. What you're see- what we're seeing right now on screen is uh, obviously Nick is in shot here, uh, you know, trying to find Alex, trying to see what's going on. But behind him, on the wall of I guess fame, you could call it, uh, you got Michael Jackson, a poster of the Led Zeppelin poster, the Grateful Dead, Guns N' Roses. Um, I I don't know. I, I could probably maybe think that's Kurt Cobain. That's Kurt Cobain of top. Right I, here, I, that's right? like an iconic shot of him smoking a cigarette. Yeah, that's iconic. Rage Against the Machine. Oh, okay, Rage. Okay. Is that down there? Is that Sid Vicious? Could or? be. Yeah, could I be. I can't really. It's kind of blurry. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is just an epic shot right here all in all with the red light. It just looks fucking phenomenal. Chef's kiss. Great shot of you right there, man. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, the whole strobe light thing. And, like, I think the best shot of that, honestly, is when Mitch first comes in. Yes, and he's like. And he kind of just headbangs. Yeah, yeah. that looks really cool. So this is actually funny right here. Uh, <laughs> this is every local band's <laughs> so we're, so response to this text in a nutshell. <laughs> so pretty much the plot of this is Alex gets kidnapped um, by Brandy and Brandon. They're kind of fucking with him. We need our singer. We got a show to play. We, we have the gig in Philly and we're rehearsing in Philly. Right. So we're, we're rehearsing, getting ready. We don't have Alex. Uh, and then they're texting us saying, uh, you know, pay us $1,000 or else, essentially. Um, so Nick gets the text and then he texts back saying, we don't have a thousand dollars. They pay us in drink tickets and exposure. That literally sums up every local band experience. It's not, it's not false. No, (laughs) it's very relatable content. Yes. All right. Moving on. Mind melting solo. Yeah. Rip the solo. Great scene right here. It's a cool shot. Slow mo. What the fuck? <laughs> and I gotta say, real quick, and I noticed this in a couple of our videos. We always have the best Eagles drip. There's always cool ass Eagles gear. Like yes. Nick's got the beanie. I got the starter jacket. Yes. I got the. Uh, the you got, you got the win by two yep. Eagles hoodie, dude. There's always like Eagles drip in every video. Like these videos are just like Philly pop punk as fuck. 
I will say, dude, uh, you know, your video, that Vintage Eagles, uh, or your video, your hoodie, rather, um, always gets compliments, dude. Everyone was loving that at the Yeah, dude, I, I've gotten so many compliments on that jacket, and people ask me where I got it, and I'm like, honestly, there was a thrift store in Port Richmond that I bought that for, like, I'm not even kidding, about $10. Yeah. And you can go on eBay and find those vintage starter jackets for, oh, yeah. you can add a zero. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. It, that was a great find. That's probably my best find I've ever made, like, like thrifting or, like, at a flea market or any type of that shit. But, yeah. yeah. Side note. <laughs> yeah, side note. People loved it, though. Here we go. Now we're just arri- we got we we rescued Alex. We're just arriving at the grape room, and then uh, you know these last couple measures here of the song. There's going to be the shots from the grape. And, room. and this was our actual show. The actual show. Yeah, yes. this this, yes. this this a pretty big crowd at this show. It was fun, man. It was a good time. Great. Time. Bill, shout out to Bill. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking throwing down in the pit over there. I As love always, it. man. As always, it's it's fitting to have him in a video thrown down, dude. Shout out to Bill. Brandon, I mean, this is a classic shot here. Hearing protection required. Let's get the cigarettes. It's <laughs> awesome. That was a great crowd that night, too. Yeah, it was. And another Philly element to that, I was actually wearing a Jesus Peace shirt that show. <laughs> so, like, shout out to Philly Hardcore, man. Shout out to Philly Hardcore. Is right, guys. So, when you're around music video, um, was fun, dude. I mean, as, you know, the looks of it, guys, uh, you know, just the whole thing. You know, from the show we played to shooting the video to recording, like I said, everything came together. Chef's kiss. It was a good time. It was a fucking... You know, That's like the most important part. It was fun to do. It was fun. The whole experience from recording in Allentown with Justin to shooting this with Trevor was just like a total experience, yep. total fun experience. And we got a lot more coming. I can't wait. So like I said, man, um, you know, for exclusive, you know, updates and, you know, uh, news of what's going on and, you know, little uh, live look-ins of what we got going on. You know, it, it, to know that when you're around was going to be dropping, you know, you want it to be at least subscribe to the YouTube channel. I mean, if you, if you guys are on Facebook, Instagram, I mean, we're dropping things on there, too. But, you know, the YouTube is really, uh, you know, our bread and butter uh, when it comes to content. You know, uh, we got the videos, like I said. Yeah, the, all the, the main vlogs, stuff is on our YouTube channel, right? The, the live streams, you know, um, you know, show announcements, new music. I mean, just everything, dude. Gaming. Um, you know, sometimes me and Mario will hop on here and do like a, just a little practice session, jam session. Play some covers. Play some covers. Write some tunes. Yeah, yeah it's man. been fun. So, yeah, uh, when you're around, guys, streaming everywhere now, make sure you go stream it, share it, put it in front of a new face, uh, put it in, at least in front of one new face and tell that person to share it. And then, you and know. Before you know it. Now it's uh, it's in everybody's ears. Yes, it's a, it's a domino effect, man. Um, you know the, the word of mouth, dude, is is probably the best, uh, I guess, uh, best way to I guess get things out and and advertise. I yep. guess you it's know? uh it's one of those methods of you know marketing that's stood the test of time, because you know word of mouth means. 
people like what you're doing and you know they're spreading it around and those people are spreading it to more people and that means you know everybody's in on what you're doing yeah so that's a good thing and i mean you know it's it's it helps because you know it it, it allows us to kind of just sit back and you know that part of it takes care of itself and then like you know we get to see everybody at the show, which is cool. Yeah, reap the benefits, man, um, which is huge. Uh, but yeah, guys, so shout out to everyone who has checked out, uh, you know, when you're around on whatever platform you are checking it out. But shout out to you guys. Uh, shout out to everyone who, who made the Great Broom experience, you know, amazing. Uh, we will be back there um, probably within the next week, probably next week's podcast. We're going to be announcing uh, a lot of shows. Yeah, we got a slate of shows coming up. A slate of shows coming up. Um, we're also going to be recording back in the studio in May with Justin, recording our EP, as we mentioned in the beginning of the show. So that's, uh, you know, something to look out for. Um, obviously, you know, uh, we're going to try to put something out before the first release of the EP. I don't know what that looks like yet. I have an idea. We call, all kind of have the same kind of, uh, you know, idea of what we want to go for. But as far as something solidified, uh, you know, we'll have to really, I guess, within the next couple of weeks, really, you know, get that uh, taken care of. But um, what I can say is March 13th, we'll be at the, fi- the, the fire. The fire, yeah. In, That's in Philly, too. In Philly. Yeah. Where, do you know where it's near? And um, I've actually never played that venue. I know I know it's a pretty prominent venue in the city. Let me look. All right, while well, he's looking that up. I think up. I have the flyer saved. Oh, you got the flyer. Yeah, here we go. All right, send that flyer over. Let's pull it up on I'm screen a, here. Yeah, I'm going to send this over to you now. Because this is our next show coming up. This is the uh, March 13th, which is a Sunday, which is a little tricky. We I don't think ever played a show on a Sunday. Um, but nonetheless, man, it's always fun playing shows. And uh, Okay, so it's on Gerard Ave. Gerard, okay. All right, let's see. He's just sent it, right? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Boom. Whoops. Where'd it go? Boom, boom. No. Oh, there it is. There we go. Right here. So, uh, yeah, guys. Uh, this is the the local scenes and drama queens tour featuring Mario. So that says uh, Seneca Burns and Home for the Day. And? And? Yours truly. Support from yours truly. So that's going to be March 13th. Got to be 21 or order to get in. Uh, it's $10 at the doors off of Gerard Avenue in Philly. Uh, yeah, guys, that's going to be a good time. That's our, uh, our our closest show coming up, um, our next show, really. And uh, other than that, man, uh, you know, we're just going to be pushing when you're around and, and playing playing shows. I mean, and then up until May, and then we have the EP. Uh, and then as far as, I guess, anything else, I mean, we're going to be putting together the Wiffle Ball Tournament as well. That's going to be coming up here in just probably a month and a half, maybe two months. Uh, we got to work, you know... Uh, you know, solidify that, you know, the little uh, odds and ends, cross the uh, T's, dot the I's sort of thing. So we're getting in the works, man. But, uh, yeah, so moving on, let's uh, let's direct the attention away from talking about us and stroking our own ego. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah it's enough. Enough <laughs> patting ourselves on the back. Let's, uh... <laughs> so Mario sent me this video. Uh, this is uh, also in local entertainment this week. Mario sends me this video. Mario, you kind of want to break it down for everyone yeah, what we're so, about to see uh, here. All right. So, you know, we talked about how, like, when we play shows, it's always a fun vibe. And, like, you know, everything. I like the show at the Great Room. Everything went pretty smooth. Well, I think we've all been here at some point where we've been in a band. And you get a little frustrated with your bandmate over how they're playing the song. 
But usually you save that for like the rehearsal space and you don't do that on stage. Or after the show. Or after the show, you talk about it, you know. Um, so this video that I found, this is what not to do when you're a local act. Um, this to me was like, and they're grown men. I mean, these are, these are like middle-aged men. So there's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this isn't even a teenage band doing this. These are like men that, you know, have probably been doing this for 30 years. So this band's playing. I'm not really sure what they're playing. I couldn't really hear the song. Do you have any update of uh, what the band name is? No, it's just it's just this viral video that's been going around. Okay. Um, I saw Chris Kelly posted it, so I actually took it from him. Oh, okay. Um, it, it so this band's playing this song, and apparently the drummer was kind of dragging the beat a little bit, and the singer wasn't too happy about it. Came over and addressed it. <laughs> And then the, I'm just going to let this play out. Go ahead. All right, let it rock. That gives you the context of what, what, what's happening here. So it says in the video, it says, Singer tells drummer to stop dragging. Let's play it. You know, he's telling him to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, fuck you, Flipping whatever. Flipping him off right there. Look at that. And that, look at the drummer's face. Here, we're going to pull up a uh, one of our tools. And the bassist here. is like, <laughs> he's just trying hard to just get through this thing and not you know he's he's like he's like thinking about his next move and what's going to happen next if this thing turns south and it goes south quick <laughs> oh shit so clearly you can tell so the drummer gets up he's angry and yeah, look when things start going like this at a show man th this is literally if this happens at a show man i don't know how you could ever show your face again it, it and dude i've I've been not to this extent, but I've had a situation where it was like, "Oh my God, we can't play this venue ever again." I'll, I'll tell it after this. Oh, we got a situation. I got, I got a situation. I'll tell you. All right, let's see what happens. Let's see how this unfolds. Ooh. Drummer, oh, drummer gets up, knocks him over, shoves him really hard. He's like, "Fuck you!" The bassist is still trying to play the song and just like act like nothing's happening. Drummer's like, "Uh, you want to see me drag? You think I'm dragging? You want to? I'll see drag your ass out the street." <laughs> Singer comes, so drummer's just mouthing off. Right Singer now. gets up, and then what he does next was like the most. So you could see crazy him part of this whole video. You could see him gearing up for something. He's right here with uh, something right here. So let's see what happens. He picks up the symbol, dude. Oh, and hits him with it. Oh, and then Holy all shit. hell breaks loose. Wow, dude. Dude, that was insane. Let's watch this in full again. Oh my God, dude! Wow, Jesus! Yeah, see, you, you're never at the at this point, dude. You'll you, never be allowed back. No, not even that, dude. Like, well, no, I mean the venue would probably tell you, "Don't come back. You're gonna fucking destroy something." But then, you as a band, you can never show your face like ever, that, dude. Now, ever, dude. I tell you, one time I had, I played a gig. Yeah, so you were saying you had. No, this I'm experience. not gonna name any names or give any. You know, I'm not gonna disclose anything because I don't want to. You know, ruffle any feathers. Yeah, I don't want to put anybody's business out there. But I played a show, and. So things things were kind of stressful as it was, you know, you know, the day of a show, you're doing a lot of moving around and you're, you're loading up all your gear. Things get stressful. You got shown butterfly show. Yeah. Nerves. So like, you know, typical like, all right, I'm already kind of stressed out about this gig. Let's just get through the gig. Um, I'm just going to say this. The 
guitar string breaks. Just string pop. Nothing serious, just kind of unfortunate. Um, the unfortunate part, the really unfortunate part, though, with this was that he only had one guitar at this gig. And I had a spare guitar, but it was still in my car. Because I was only using this guitar at the time, this Les Paul. Right. And um, so he popped the string playing a solo, threw his head back, and and I knew it. Because the look on his face just turned to, like, blind rage. He was playing an explorer. What, he was pissed that the, his string popped? Because yeah, he was playing a solo, and he bent the string, and it popped. Okay. Broke the string. And he punched... So there was like kind of how this is up here. There's kind of like a little overhead thing above the stage, like that. Kind, or... It kind of looked like that. Okay, okay, I got like you. Like kind of wood panel, like that. Got you. He punches it, cracks the wood, because it's like real thin. Right. He punched it, cracked it. It's like drywall. Took. He had like an Explorer body guitar. Took it and tossed it off the stage. Luckily, at people. Well, luckily, this crowd wasn't like a huge crowd. There were some people, but it wasn't like huge. So people were kind of in like a horseshoe shape, like yeah. not right up front. Right. Luckily, because he literally launched it off the stage. Like, I mean, wow. like, like threw it. Jeez, dude. And it, and it went about a few feet. <laughs> Jeez, man. And he, we're still playing and everyone's just looking at us like, oh, oh my God, like what? Talk about a meltdown. And so this was about two songs in. I think we were playing like six or seven songs. Yeah, so what do you do from there? So from there, people were, like, trying to help. They're like, look, man, like, guys in other bands are like, listen, you can borrow one of our guitars or whatever. I'm like, look, I have another guitar. I'll have somebody go grab it. And my girlfriend at the time went to the car first, got the guitar. And I didn't have, we didn't have another guitar strap. His guitar had one of those, like, lockdown straps. Lock straps, yeah. And it was one of those ones that you have to, like, drill, drill it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he, he couldn't use his. Right. So it, that made him more angry because now he has to sit in a chair down. and play like this. Right. Can't rock out. You're playing metal. You know yeah. what I mean? You're playing, like, alternative metal. You're right. not going to sit down in a chair. Right. And, you know, he had to take another five minutes to tune it up. And then we played one more song, I think, and maybe two, and got out of there. And did you did you guys continue as a band after that, or was that kind of like the the straw that broke the camel's back? That was for shows. That was like, all right, we we gotta like <laughs> we gotta go away for a while. Um, Indefinite hiatus. Yeah, that was one of those situations where like it was just like, oh my, like I can never play here again. Yeah, at least with this band, like with I have this, I have to yeah. come back with some. Like I can't. Different under jo- this under this identity, I can't come back here again. You got to MGK it and completely switch <laughs> Change genre. I got to come back as a rapper now. Yeah. I'll pull an opposite MGK. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that was like the one experience I've had where, again, it wasn't like anything personal with anybody. It was just like a frustration thing. But it was like you, you saw a couple of snickers from people. People were laughing and like you feel bad because it's like. I understand you being frustrated, but at the same time, it's also like. Dude, uh, you got you got to be able to keep your. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'd be laughing too if I yeah, was in the crowd. Like, 100%. I, I I wouldn't be able to hold that back, dude. People, I mean, I could speak for myself and and for really and, I, and I've been on the other end. I've yeah. been to shows where I've watched. So, and I think we've talked about this before. Um, I went to a show. It was a band's EP release. This was like a new release show. 
they dropped the sh- they dropped the EP that day, right? And they played this like packed venue the night the night of, and nobody suspected anything. They played this whole set went pretty well. They had a lot of people, and the guitarist takes the mic, and he's like, "All right, um, can I just have everybody's attention real quick? You know, you know, um, thank you guys for coming out and checking out you know the album. Like, we really appreciate it, and like." You guys have been so supportive over the last couple of years. Like, thank you. Um, that being said, unfortunately, this is our last show with the band in this iteration, this lineup. Oh, what? Um, they, they, they fired the bassist on the spot. What? Fired him and said there because he the bassist was the original member, one of the original members. So he oh, actually man. had the namesake of the band oh, copyrighted. And they were like, well, if you're not going to let us use the band name, you know, we're kicking you out anyway, and we're going to go under a new name. And on stage, and mind you, they had friends and family there. So there's other people in the crowd arguing with each other. The drummer gets up, and he's, like, fighting with the dude's mom. Dude, it was – and these are these are men in their 20s. This is, like, we're adults. This isn't, like, high school. This didn't happen – this happened, like, a couple of years ago. Right. And it was just like, oh, my God, like – you really couldn't wait f- like five minutes. You just finished playing the set. You could have quietly done this behind the scenes and then broke up as a band on your own. The fact that you took the mic and made this a public issue is embarrassing. And you should be embarrassed for yourself. Yeah, dude. And I I, I walked out of there, dude. I was like I said, I, I I it's hard to hold back, dude. I thought it was hilarious. Well, it is, man, because look, people like drama. People yeah. like seeing that and shit. And I'm like and I'm also friends with the bassist that they kicked out, so, like, I was super supportive of him, so I was kind of glad to see him get in their face. Yeah. And, like, fuck those guys, dude. Like, they treated him like garbage, and that was an embarrassing thing to do to him. That was an embarrassing thing to do to themselves. And it was just like, dude, what what in your mind makes you think that that's, like... That's acceptable. Right. And, like, what makes you think you're just going to be able to just get away with that and everybody's just going to forget about it and they're going to keep listening to your music? Right. Right. Everybody that walked out of that venue was looking at each other. There was people outside just, like, standing around smoking out front, like, you know, talking about it. And they're just like, dude, what the fuck? What just happened? Like, I'm never never coming to see this band again. They lost my sister. These guys are a joke. Well, it's like, you know, man, that's very unfortunate. Like, why would you even do? Why would you even play the gig if that's what you're going to do? And it's like, why can't you wait until after the show? And they got through the gig. That's That's what blew my mind is the whole night this place was packed. Every opener played time, to a packed room. Probably. Good time. Yeah. You, everybody was getting ready to leave the venue. And you're, like, catching people as they're leaving. Like, wait, 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 hold on. I got to talk to you guys. And, like, you're making it about yourself now, too. And you're making yourself captain asshole by taking the mic and <laughs> yeah. doing that. Dude, it was it was so weird. It has, there, there had to be in something deeper my, or maybe they were just fucking assholes. Well, so, supposedly, what happened was this is what I've heard from again my friend who was that bassist that they kicked out was they they got a new drummer, they got a new guitarist, and a new vocalist. So the one guitarist and him on bass were the two originals. Um, and they kind of just came in, muscled their way into the band, and just kind of like took Call, cre- took start total shots took. Total creative control started calling the shots yeah. to the point where it was like, dude, I've been here for five years. You've been here for six months. And all of a sudden, you you know, this is your show. Yeah. And and 
I will say the drummer of this band is notorious for doing this. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I've heard a lot of stories. I don't know personally because I've never played in a band with him, but so, I know personally from other people in the scene that they, this has been an issue with this guy. Um, but, dude, it was, it was fucking bizarre. This, this, yeah, it sounds like that, man. Um, you know, that actually you know, happened to me at one point. You know, uh, started a band up um, and, you know, got, got members, filled out the lineup. You know, had, we brought over songs, uh, you know, we had originally wrote in the past, uh, and then shit, you know, just for whatever reason, decided, you know, the people decided that, oh, okay, even though you started this band, we gotta let you go. It's like, how are you gonna kick me out of my own band, dude? Oh, dude. It's like... Like, that That to me is like... Pretentious as fuck. Right. Like, a band is is supposed to be... A, a family. A, a second a family. A family, a democracy, everything's yes. supposed to be... Unless it's like a situation where you flat out, from the beginning, are like, look, this is my project, I'm hiring you as a session musician... You're going to be treated fairly, but I, I'm running the show. This is my thing. Or if there's like, yeah, so if, for instance, like if you have a band like uh, Bon Jovi. You know Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. It's is, his band. Right. It's his band. Right. Shit like that where it's like you're more of like a salaried employee exactly. rather than, you know, one of the C- co-CEOs or whatever. Right, right. So like, right, so for you to come in and be that pretentious to think that everything you're doing is the be-all, end-all right. is absolutely mind-boggling because it's like, and I always think of it like this. It's like, well, if you're so great, why are you in a band with me? Exactly. If you think I'm so lesser than you, exactly. Why are we sitting here writing music together? Exactly. Why are you not out touring and playing, you know, f- fucking hockey arenas? Yeah. Why are you sitting here with me in the basement, right. And playing dive bars? Exactly. If it, you're so great. Well, let's just say this, man. The people uh, that had, uh, you know, did that to me, you know, they are no longer even playing music anymore. That's, so that's always how it plays that's out. Always, dude. Because nobody wants to work with these guys. Nobody. And, and listen, I and I've, and I've known guys in the scene that are fucking amazing. They're very talented players and musicians. They write amazing songs, but nobody wants to work with them because you, you can't, can't. You can't work with them. Dude. Nothing. Nothing that you do is ever going to be good enough to what they have right. their their ideas right, and right. And, it, and it becomes annoying like and, and dude win by two is a perfect example not of that but of the opposite end of that and where, the other and the other bands we play with i feel like have the same dynamic sure 100 percent. and it's like you know obviously you know you'll have you know bands you know in every scene that have that one person that's just you know fucking you know he, he his shit doesn't stink essentially right so you know with us man you know that's why it's i was actually talking to Mitch about this the other day and it's you know kind of fucking you know i'm very grateful for it man because we have five members oh me too man five you know like-minded members we all have the same goals we all have the same visions we don't step on each other's toes we all listen to each other's ideas and that's what's going to you know you know push you past that uh that kind of wall that everybody right. hits. And, and and to be able to, if, if there is something that's like, hey, I don't really agree with this, or hey, I think we should do this instead, like whatever, we can approach it where it's not it's not a personal attack. It's not you being an egotistical, you know, asshole about right. it. It's right. just like, hey, man, like, that's pretty good, but I think maybe we can try this. What do you think? Like, let's, let's try it. If it doesn't work, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. And that's important because, you know, you know, if if you're sitting here just being your own rock star in your head, you're you're not you're not being realistic, right? And like, people don't want to work with you, man. Like I've I've been there myself, where it's like, I've had 
guys tell me like, oh, with all my ability, I should be you know out there torn. It's like, well, why are you sitting here? With, then go like do I said it, before, dude. why are you? Yeah. Why are you here? If I'm so shitty at guitar and I'm right. so shitty as a songwriter, <laughs> why are we sitting up two o'clock in the morning writing music? Right, right, yeah. It's like why I'm you... just trying to I'm just trying to work with you, man. Like I'm not trying to sit here and have a pissing contest and hold you back. Right, like, like, like we're in this together. I thought, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Like what what's the big fucking deal? And that's what's been cool. Like especially from my perspective, I'm sure Nick can speak to this too. As being uh, later additions to the band. You guys have really come in and treated us like, you know, we've been there the, from day one. And I, it's very appreciated. Yeah, man. And it's been awesome because it's been it's been cool to be able to be a part of the writing process and really be involved with everything 100%. And, you know, like you said, some bands, that's not the case. But luckily for us, that's kind of been the dynamic from day one. Well, you have to make it that way. And, you know, dude, it's you've been fucking unbelievable dude step appreciate in. it man and yeah man and it's like you know uh you accepted your role um you know you know what it is and you contribute in ways that you know you're not just you know the average bass player you're not just oh i'm just gonna play bass and sit back the and just yeah, yeah right I'll, you know i'll just let them write the rhythms i'll follow them and or whatever the case is like you, you have your creative input you have your own flair you have your own style which is unbelievable because you know, you were coming from, you know, a metal guitarist to a pop punk bass player. Yeah. And to see that translate has actually been pretty unbelievable, dude. No, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And, and it's been fun because it really, it really kind of gave me a chance to like, because again, I mean, we talked about this, like punk and skate punk and pop punk is like the other half of my music taste. Right. So like being able to kind of incorporate that metal background into this and like, because you write the same way too, where it's a very like heavy guitars, very chunked up kind of syncopated riffs and like and, and I know like the other guys build off that kind of thing too. So it's been fun like seeing it translate and kind of still having that little bit of an edge to it. Um yeah, it's 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 really it's really been cool to see the evolution of our songwriting too as a band like um you know with with Canvas and you know when you're around and now with these new songs we're writing for this EP um it's really been, this is the first time we're all five of us, because now the lineup's solidified. Everything, you know, everything being written now is just is new being written by everybody. Right. And it's really cool to see what's come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm super stoked. I couldn't be more excited for our, our uh, upcoming EP and the music that's to come after. Um, you know, but yeah, man, in, in all my years in, in playing music and, and being in bands and, you know, just you know, all that that goes with it, the one thing I, I've all, I've tried to take out of it, and I, I think you know I, I work on it and, and do a good job of it now, is hearing everybody out, listening to what they have to say, and also at the same time being able. And, and I've always, maybe at first, my, maybe my first band or two, like I was like that. I was young, twelve, thirteen. I mean, yeah, dude, when you're that young, everything you write is like, oh my god, I can play this. <laughs> right, right. Like my shit's the best. You pick, you pick up a guitar and you're playing these like shitty like drop D bar chords. You're like. <gasps> Dude, this is heavy as fuck. Right, <laughs> we right. have to record this right now. But you know, just you know, after that, man, and then just learning, like, listen, you have to be able to work with people. Um, you know, now, that, granted, there are people that you just can't work with at all, and you, you, yeah, it's, like and, a, it's a relationship. Yeah, right? and and yeah, you you kind of realize right away, like, this is never gonna work. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and if you try to make it work, because I've been in that situation where you just try to make it work for the sake of everything else, trying to keep it together, and it just ends up falling apart anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Naturally, it just falls apart. Exactly. 
So yeah, man. I mean, this is this has been definitely a blast, dude. These last two years, um, you know, win by two. You know, obviously, like we we've said before, it started early on, but kind of went through its uh, trials and tribulations early on. But it's very refreshing to to be in a band and, and with this current lineup, with the talent that we have, with the dedication that we have, with the with the goals and you know all our ideas that are coming to life, and and we're all contributing. There's not you're only strong as your weakest link, man. And, you know, we don't have one in Win by Two. We all contribute in our own way that's fucking great, which what's ma- what makes us. And, I, dude, I know it sounds like we're stroking our own ego and shit, but it's very refreshing. That's where I'm getting at. It's, yeah. It's just refreshing to be able to work with people that are on the same level, not even from their skill, but just of what they want to get done, the the, the bigger picture, essentially. You know? Sure. Like And like you said, I mean, it's it's more of like, once in a while, it is good to kind of sit back and be grateful for what you have. Yeah. It's not so much even like an ego stroking thing where it's more just like, dude, I'm just thankful for this. Exactly. Like, because I've been in so many situations where, you know, there's a lot of infighting and, you know, bands get hectic. I mean, there's shit you fight about all the time, whether you're a broke local band or you're making millions of dollars and you're signed to a major label. Right. Um, there's always going to be arguing about like, you know, business decisions and songwriting, creativity stuff and. We, we've been lucky enough to where we've been able to, like, really have no issues with any of that stuff. And we we all have the same goals. At the end of the day, too, bigger picture, like, we're all friends outside of music. And that's, like, another important thing is, like, you know, building a friendship as yes. well as a, a partnership. Um, so, yeah, dude, it's it's been fun. And, like, it, it really shows, like, every band I've been in when I started playing in high school to now has been, like, you get something out of each one. Like, my first band I was in kind of like, okay, this is like how you, you know, write and record and like how you book shows. Like, just the basic stuff. The next band was like, okay, this is how you book bigger shows. This is how you really like expand on your content and like, um, you know, merch designs and all these things that are super important on the business side of things that you don't really think of when you're younger. You just think of writing music. Right. And booking a lot of gigs. And now with Win by Two, it's like, okay... This is how, now that you're like, you know, an older adult, this is how you take it into the, go to the next level. Right. Where you're, 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 you have the money now for a little bit bigger of a budget. You have a better idea of what you want to do. You can travel more now. You can play shows, other cities and other states, and you can really expand on it. So it's, it's really been like each one's been a stepping stone. And now to this point, it's like, this is like the payoff. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to er- everything that's going to be coming along the pipeline. Um, so I know we were talking about the March 13th show uh, at the yeah. fire. Uh, we actually might have a show before then. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, so we just got invited to uh, do this online festival here. Let me pull up the info right here. But it's an online festival, not this coming week, but the following week. So it will be like a live stream event. Uh, we have done live streams before. They're always a good time. Um, you know, the sound, it, it's a challenge on me, but it's a good challenge. And the sound that, you know, we have gotten in the past, man. Dude, the, the current setup you have now oh, man. fucking rips. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. And and thank you. Uh, you know, Sounds really good. Like those couple of live streams we did, the last few we did were really solid. Right, right. And it's uh, you know, it's a learning experience, man. The whole time, you know, through COVID, I, and I made it kind of like my, you know, my, you know, I guess side goal 
was to build a studio so we can we're able to you know do these kind of things if the opportunity presents itself because you know that with locking down back you know in 2020 early on you know there was no shows man so this is what we had and you know to see like our first live streams to like where we can take it now nick nick recently sent the the very first one in the oh band my chat God, dude. wow jeez <laughs> what a different band huh talk about a shit show huh <laughs> and not even just from what we were doing just from like you know, none of us have ever live streamed music yeah. before. So oh yeah, like, I mean, it, it it was more of just like a couple of dudes getting together on a, on a Friday night and just kind of jamming some covers. It wasn't even necessarily like this, like formal. Like now we have kind of a full production where it's like, okay, we're gonna like promote this as like a live stream event rather than just like, hey, we're just popping on a live stream. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, um, so yeah, I received this email from uh, a gentleman named Sam Moore. Um. And it's it's called the future, the further future festival. Um, they're booking. There's cash prizes. There's uh, ad prizes. There's uh, consultation prizes. Um, you know, so uh, I think one by two is going to go ahead and uh, get into this. We're going to sign up and uh, we're going to we're going to perform at this festival because I think the top ten. Uh, so there's over like last year they had they said like eight over eight hundred bands. But the top ten win a, some sort of a prize. The top three is really w- where you want to fall for the bigger prizes. Like so, first place, for example, you win a thousand dollars cash, you win a thousand dollars in paid ads, and you win a thousand dollar consultation with music industry executive David Nathan. Um, now, who is David Nathan? You ask. Well, that's a great question because I'm asking the same thing. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing doctors. So I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that's him. <laughs> Has to be this guy right here, mm. talent manager, huh? I think that that might be him or his wiki. We'll, I'll probably go to his wiki. Try Wikipedia, let's see. You just want to read like maybe the first sentence here. Is that is that him there? I hope so. <laughs> We're gonna find out. Uh, born all English born biographer, journalist, and authority on soul music. I don't. That might not be it. Uh, let's maybe see. type like industry executive. I'll give you some chugs in the back while you're... <laughs> This has to be it. Anyway, he, he pretty much, uh, it looks like he's just a... Uh, Industry. So you're basically meeting, you're basically having a consultation with somebody who's going to probably direct you to get signed to a label. Talent manager yeah, and all that, right. that comes with it. So... You know that that's really huge. I know second place, you know, wins a couple hundred dollars. Third place, you win some money, and then, like I said, up until tenth, I believe you win. Just you know, maybe I think tenth place wins like twenty five. Oh, so you see, the top one hundred will win a spot on our Spotify playlist, which is followed by three hundred thousand music fans. So that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, that would be huge. So we need everyone really to to come in, uh, show support um, on this, share it around, you know, make sure we have, uh, you know, a lot of people watching because, uh, you know, we'll do what we have to do on our end. I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, as far as performing. Um, so I know we have 15 minutes. Uh, the set is 15 minutes. So it's about three or four songs we can get it, yeah. get out, maybe even four or five. Uh, we could do covers as well. So I, we actually might put up a poll, um, and see what people would want to hear at a digital festival. If we That's do a good idea. 
So and we, yeah, you guys in the comments section too. Put uh, put what you guys would want to hear us play. Like we said, it's about three or four songs, yeah. fifteen minute sets, about three or four songs. So yep. yeah, pop that in there and let us know what you guys think. Um. All right. So let's uh, let's take a left or a right turn, whatever way you want to look at it, away from music here. I had some other music stories I had lined up, uh, but maybe we'll this kept popping up my TikTok last night. The Kanye beef with Billie Eilish. Yeah, so Kanye's, uh, you know, yeah, I, I was going to hit on this, um, but, you know, it's a Saturday show. I kind of want to keep it light and refreshing, um, you know, kind of move along here. I kind of really want to, uh, you know, after the show, kind of maybe just tighten that song up a little bit if if you're down. Yeah, I got a little time. Just, no, I'm not saying, like, we have to go through the whole thing, just like that last part we were doing and just, like, yeah. get that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could, yeah, I got a little time until we can clean that one part up. All right, so uh, so tomorrow is Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. So we got uh, the L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, man. Uh, first time since 88 they were in the Super Bowl against the Niners. Uh, now, this was coming up on— <laughs> I saw uh, this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, someone—I believe this was in Detroit— was selling Detroit Rams so merch. This here, if you've ever heard the the phrase uh, "poverty franchise," <laughs> yeah, this is peak poverty franchise type behavior. Detroit Lions fans, we all know, have suffered enough to watch Matt Stafford, who spent his whole career kind of wasting away in Detroit, yeah. to leave and in the first year with a new team go right to the Super Bowl. Clearly, this is kind of all they have to hang their hats on. And I know last week we talked about how it was funny because it was like with Eminem performing at halftime and, and Matt Stafford being the Rams quarterback. It's the closest Detroit's going to get to yeah, the Super Bowl. Right, right. This is even worse. This is like feeds right into that right now. Next time when they ask you where you're from. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. They're like, we're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> that's That's awesome. Oh my God! Pick up your Detroit Rams. They got a whole now. rack of Stafford jerseys. Look, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> dude! That's great. That's man. bad. That's great. That's that's to, to think you're that you're that downtrodden as a franchise that that's all you have. On the other side of the coin, we have the Cincinnati Bengals fans who are, uh, I guess, out in full spirit. As uh, oh you man, could say. that is. I mean, that's, that's a cool look. So for people uh, who are listening, uh, we are looking at a gentleman with a beard about, I want to say, maybe three feet long. Dude, it, it's it's at least two or three feet long. Like, that's like not even joking. I like, mean, that's, that's past his chest. Yeah. And and far past his chest. That, that's that's at least, that's got to be at least two feet. Yeah. Uh, and then his face is painted in Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, colors and the whole uh, logo. With some trees, green trees. It looks like weed. Yeah, he's, he's got the tiger stripes. Smoke weed every day. Yes, sir. Uh, the Bengals got some. I guess it'd just be leaves. Yeah, like it's kind of like the jungle. Uh, yeah. So tomorrow, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Shiesty. Joey Buckets uh, is. They're taking on the L.A. Rams, man, um, and it's in L.A. This is the second year in a row where the Super Bowl has been held. After it never happened before in the NFL's history. Never happened before, and now twice in two years. Uh, so last year with Tampa, Tampa Tommy, uh, obviously, you know, winning uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, they won last year, right? 
Yeah, yeah, they that was at home year. in Tampa. I was just trying to think of that the year before, but yeah, Tampa uh, last year at home in Tampa at Raymond Jane Stadium. This year, the Super Bowl will be held in SoFi Stadium. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, and it's gonna be an interesting game. Um, you know, I think this game really comes like I, I don't really have someone who I'm really pulling for or not. Yeah. I don't hate any team. I don't love any team. You know, in this, I would like to see. It, it doesn't matter if Stafford wins. It'd be great because that's that's how I look at it. If the Rams win, I'm looking at it more of like I'm happy for Matt Stafford. Exactly. Um, the Bengals, I mean, obviously they're a fun young team. I mean, you know, we've talked about Burrow and you Chase, know Jamar Chase, those, Boyd, T. Higgins, Higgins. Those guys are amazing. Yes. Um, so they're a fun team to watch, and I think they're going to have a lot of staying power in the AFC. Um, I, I I do think this game's going to come down to the Rams defense. If if because on paper, I mean. Especially their front four is ridiculous. Yeah, and you got you got guys in the backfield like Ramsey. You know what I mean? So like, if the if the Rams defense shows up, I think it's going to be a Rams victory. But I mean, look, the Bengals offense is super explosive. Um, I th- I think it could turn into a shootout. So it's really actually hard to predict this game because it, it, it can go either way. It can either go to complete like defense just stymies them all game, or it's just going to be like. Trade and touchdowns, right? So I think uh, we we touched on this a little bit last week, but my key to victory here this week: what defense is going to show up? Yes, and make a play. It's going to come down to, in my opinion, one play that a defense has to make. The Rams can do it. I think the Rams will get it. Obviously, if the Bengals do it, they'll get it. But you know, uh, you know, like it, a key interception, fumble late, like for for instance, uh, you know, the Brandon Graham strip sack. Right, Some, something late, something like the that. game's in the balance late, it's hanging in the balance, and you know somebody just makes a play that yes. just like completely flips the script. Yeah, I, I'm with that. I could definitely see that too. And uh, the, do you have like the Vegas odds or? Uh, I could find it really quick. Like even here. just like the spread, the point spread. It's got to be. It's got to be like under like six, right? Probably like a three point spread. Uh, let's see here. Six thirty, Los Angeles point favorite. All right, okay, so Los Angeles is a four point favorite, and okay, the, yeah, it's about what I thought. The over under for total points scored is forty eight and a half. Uh, in the latest, in yeah, the latest Super Bowl fifty six odds uh, from Caesar Sportsbook. Before you make Rams, blah blah blah. Yeah. So the Rams are favored, which, you know, makes sense. They are the home team, technically. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. Uh, but nonetheless. They're, they're a more experienced team, too. I mean, a lot of guys on that team have had the playoff experience. They went to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, so, yeah. We'll nonetheless, see, man. nonetheless, man, all you want to see, though, uh, tomorrow is a good game. Either way. Yes. Either way. Definitely. Uh, I'm with that because the last couple of Super Bowls, like, I feel like all the Super Bowl, like, and this isn't even just, like, as an Eagles fan, they haven't they haven't matched up to that level of that Super Bowl. Because even, no. you know, around the league, well, you had people, to. like, dude, that was, like, There was record-breaking There was numbers. just, like, that was just, like, a theater. Like, that yeah. was, like, watching theater, you know what I mean? It was, like, crazy that finish that game. But, um... Yeah, man, uh, you know, so, we'll, we'll stay on uh, NFL news real quick, but I have something on your theater point, uh, actually. We'll, okay. We'll get to that. Uh, in just one second here, but uh, this came out just the other day as well. 
Uh, Mr. Immunized. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers uh, taking home the Another MVP. MVP. Huh? Uh, four-time. Four-time MVP, uh, Mr. Rodgers. So uh, where, where do you think Aaron Rodgers ends up in the offseason? I think he's not going to be in Green Bay. Uh, I, I, early early rumors I heard was like Denver, which would make sense. I'm here in Denver, Pittsburgh, possibly. Pittsburgh would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, I just don't see him staying there, man. I, I, you know, he's only got the one Super Bowl, and that's really it out of Green Bay. And you know, him and Matt Lafleur have been, uh, and Devontae Adams, you know, they have been ballers as of late, but they can't get that next step. Um, so. I mean, he's obviously playing lights out. You know, even though in the start of the season he was kind of having some struggles, but then really from like I mean, week- really after week one where they got completely demolished, yeah, they just took off, yeah, right took- into the playoffs. Um, obviously it didn't. You know, the result they had they got, you know, Against wasn't what Sam- they wanted. But San Fran, out of all teams, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because now the question is, does Devontae Adams leave? And you know. Shit, I wouldn't mind having a veteran receiver on the opposite of Devontae Smith. Dude, that's what some... Devontae, uh, Devontae? That's what some people are talking about. Devontae Square, dude. Ooh, that would be amazing. Man. That would be amazing, dude. But, you know, you got to ask the question, you know, what what would Jalen Hurts do? Now, what if... Now, here's a perfect... Or is it Russell Wilson? <laughs> or is it... Do we get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Oh, man. That, then the window to win is like... Now. Now. Yeah. <laughs> right the second. 2022. You, speaking of uh, Russell Wilson, did you see at the Pro Bowl? People were like freaking out. Which, by the way, the Pro Bowl is a Oh, dude. It's I turned it on for five minutes. I was completely just, as a fan, just disgusted at how far we've, like how far it's come with just, like it might as well just be flag football at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's like, really You're, you're really out there just playing two-hand touch. Yeah. Um, but regardless, like um, you saw... Uh, the NFC guys coming into the locker room signing autographs, and Russell Wilson stopped to sign some autographs, and people like lost their minds on Twitter because one of the things he signed was an Eagles hat. Uh-huh. A kid had an Eagles hat, and he, he put it out there, and Russell signed it, and people just like took it and ran with it, and were like, "Yeah, I mean, you speculating can't, all week, you can't really look too much into that, man." I mean, yeah, I mean that's a little bit of a stretch. Because I mean, if he if he would have got a Detroit Lions hat, he would have signed that as well. <laughs> And we all know he's not going there. Right, exactly. Who would want to go there? But, uh, yeah, anyway, shout out to Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Immunize, for a uh, four-time uh, MVP winner. Um, yeah, man, the offseason uh, should be interesting, um, you know, as we are, uh, you know, just a little less than 24 hours or a little more than 24 hours away from the Super Bowl. Uh, and then, you know, we got offseason antics uh, to, to come. But, uh, yeah, man, to your point real quick about the Pro Bowl, it's, it really is embarrassing. And, you know, they should do something in that game because there once was a point where the Pro Bowl wasn't that bad. It was actually pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and and, and you, you would see guys, okay, like obviously nobody's ever going to go 100% full speed unless you're like Sean Taylor. Yeah. Remember right. that? Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but um, it, you guys would at least go out there and be like, look, I'm the best in the league. I'm going to showcase my, my talent. And, it, and and guys would have fun getting to play with other, you know, all star players around the league. And the Pro Bowl was like a fun thing to watch. And, and now it's just kind of become like it, it's it's mostly like in name only at this point. It's like, look, 
either just make it some kind of a flag football game or something, or just make it some kind of skills contest, or so I think, or just announce it and be like, okay, like kind of like how the All Madden team used to be, or like you know how like um, you know like the All Pro teams they announce just you just announce who who's the All Stars this year. That's you it. made it. You, no you you're, you're a Pro Bowler in the NFC. Congratulations. Right. Here's here's a check bonus. Here's a here's a bonus check and a. I don't know. 50 grand. Uh, 50, something. yeah. And I don't know. Here's something. like a trophy or something. some kind of certificate or some shit. I Whatever. think I think what they should do, man, and I really like how baseball uh, kind of took the, the direction they did where they made, you know, uh, the NL versus the AL, whatever team. And it's whatever, got implications. It's got right. implications for the playoffs where, uh, you know, that team will have home field advantage throughout the World Series. And I think that is something, you know, if the NFL did where it's the AFC. And I like the one thing the NFL did was they took they, they got rid of that wonky draft that they did for the Pro Bowl. They, that oh, did, that was awful. That was meaningless. They well, went back to AFC. All the sports were trying. Like hockey was doing it. And it was like, dude, I don't want to see this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's, I think basketball tried it, too. I think LeBron yeah, was captain it, one team. It was like LeBron versus, I think, Kevin Hart or some <laughs> stupid shit. Dude. Once I start bringing celebrities into it, it's it, like. It, it, yeah, I'm shutting it off. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, dude. And that's the thing, man. These, uh, you know, these owners and you know uh, all these guys in the NFL, Roger Goodell, like they don't know who their target audience is, man. They still think people like enjoy that shit. It's like, you know, just well, they, well they 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 look at it like you know we're the NFL, we're gonna throw this out there, and you're probably gonna at least pop in, yeah, because you're a football fan, and we could do what we want. And what happens is like so, like the NBA, MLB, the NHL. Theirs is like in the middle of their season where it's like, okay, we're going to stop the season for like a week or two. All-star break. We're going to have an all-star that's break. That's different. And that's like, because they because they kind of have to. Yeah. The NFL with the Pro Bowl, it's like, they don't need the Pro Bowl. And they don't care. You're, you're going to be tuned into the NFL all year, not even just during the season. You're going to be keeping up on the offseason. Right. OTAs and training camp and everything. So for them, it's just like, let's just... Throw this out there and do whatever. So imagine this, and and I like this. I don't know what they would have to do to to get this uh, out there, but maybe we could clip this little segment here and then tag the NFL. But so w- what they could do is in the NFL, how the MLB does it. If the NFC or AFC wins the year prior, so this year let's just who won it this year? AFC, right? Yeah. So the AFC won it. So next year, Super Bowl, whatever team makes the Super Bowl they would be the home team. And then you have one more game at that home stadium instead of a, a neutral field. It's like it, it, the game, the Pro Bowl matters, and then that Super Bowl is even bigger now because it's... Yeah, because now it's a home game. It's a home game. Right. And the I, last two it's kind of like, yeah, like how baseball does it, right? Right. And the last two years, you know, we I, I don't know why the NFL really doesn't do, you know, that home field. I get they want to have just a neutral field, and I get that. But at the same time, the last two years, we've seen... Now, uh, with SoFi Stadium and Raymond James Stadium, you know, it doesn't really sway the game in, in, in any sort of way. I mean, we'll, we'll see more well, tomorrow. Well, the reason but. why it doesn't, too, is because it's the Super Bowl. So, like, me and you can spend, for example, if if our Super Bowl wasn't in Minnesota, if we played in Philly, we're not affording to go to that no. game. We can go to a regular season game, spend 80 100 bucks on a ticket. Right. Okay. We're not dropping twelve hundred. No, absolutely not. So it, it still is a corporate. It's still a very corporate crowd. It's people who are like saved up all year to like make this trip. It, it's not really going to be the core fan base, right? So it doesn't really sway. Like you said it doesn't really sway the game one way or the other. So it's like it, that could work, and why not? 
And you're still going to get a couple people that maybe did scrounge up a couple of pennies, you know, to go out there. But And then guess what? Instead of the NFL now having, what do they have, 18 weeks plus four weeks in the playoffs and then the Pro Bowl. So what's that, 24 weeks of the NFL uh, season? Um, but really only 23 get watched because, or sorry, 24 weeks. And then, yeah, so the Pro Bowl will be 24. So 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4. Yeah, so, okay. So then that one week doesn't get watched, which is the Pro Bowl. But now you have a tune-in factor where, okay, this game actually matters. Let's see yeah, what's happening. I'm, I'm curious to see, like, who's going to host next year's Super Bowl. Like, right. This is, you know, kind of engaging now. And and players are actually trying. Yeah, because, like, what you can do, because then you can also go back to how it used to be. Because now with the Pro Bowl, it's the week leading up, the week in between the, the, the championship games for the two conferences in the Super Bowl right. is the Pro Bowl. Where it used to be at the end of the season, right, right. You know, now you can go back to that because it's like you, all these guys that make the Super Bowl that were Pro Bowlers can play again, can still play, can still play. Which is another thing I think sucks because it, you know, is it really like, you know, if one of our players is a Pro Bowl like sub sub in, are we? Is he really a Pro Bowler? Right, he's a fringe Pro Bowler. Yeah, exactly. You give him credit because he's still a good player, but he's not. You're not getting. You're not getting these like true all stars, no. you know what I mean? So it's like, it's it, yeah. You can go back to that where you know now it's like okay, the dust settled, the Super Bowl's over. Now let's play for next year's Super Bowl, and you're already kicking the season off right at the end of the, this this season. You're exactly. kicking off next season exactly with implications right exactly. off the bat. And I and I think that would work uh, a lot better than uh, you know what we have now, man. Because what we have now is absolute it's, garbage, dude. That was. This like like when you just see guys, you know, over, going over the middle, two hand touching each other. That's when I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. Or, or just like rap Dude, tackling. I've, I've just played. Holding. I've played more physical football games at the park playing two hand touch with friends. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Then I watched that Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? That was just annoying. Like it's it's not it's not fun to watch. Nobody cares. I've heard so many people just saying, like, they checked in real quick, and then a couple of plays later, they just were, were out. It was like, why bother? Yeah, man. So, hopefully the NFL, I mean, I, I doubt they'll do it, man, because, you know, of whatever reason um, or another. But it, it's just, it's shitty, dude, because, I mean, there's the NFL's best is on the field, and they're playing like the NFL's worst. So, that's really uh, where I'll I mean, it's like less contact than, like, you know, a preseason game, right? It's there's more contact. There's than more a contact game. in like in like walkthrough practices yeah, and like uppers practices yeah. where you're just like you're in shorts, but you still got shoulder pads on. Like I, I forget, some, I think it was like JJ Watt tweeted that out and tweeted that exact statement. He's like, I, we have more physical, uh, you know, there's more physical impact through OTAs and shit. The, the Pat McAfee show they were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the same thing. He's like, dude, our, our walkthrough practices are more physical. Uh, so, Mar, you were talking about theater in the NFL. Yes. Um, so, the Eagles and Patriots game, I mean, you couldn't script that any better way. Um, so, I came across this uh, video here. Dan Molde- uh, Mold- Moldia. Mold- yeah, Moldia. Yeah, I think it's Moldia. Dan Moldia uh, on the owners, Mafia Ties, Fixed Games. Whoa. So, I know we talk about you know the NFL being fixed and people might want to roll their eyes or sports being fixed and people are like, guys, I mean... Come on, stop with the conspiracies. I mean, you know what I mean? And You are fake news. And all the fake news as well. But, you know, uh, it, it begs the question, man. It's like, you know, there's a fuck ton of money on the line. And whenever there's a bunch of money on the line, you know, is it just going to be left up to chance? 
Our game's going to be left and, up to chance. And and to go, you know, to to follow up with that, I mean, think about the rise of like sports betting. Yeah. And the rise Absolutely. of like, you know, how now it's legal. I mean, yeah. in all these states where before it was like kind of done again, underground, you know, the mafia. Yeah. I mean, you you went to a guy who like ran these books and you 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 know you, you gave him your picks. And there was some kind of vig you had to pay if, if you were, you know, if you were borrowing money and right. <laughs> they come after you, you know, if you lost and you lost big and you're betting a lot like a degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So I, I came across this video. I just thought it was pretty interesting, um, you know, kind of supporting the NFL's fixed conspiracy. So let's dive into it. Dan Moldia. Uh, so this is probably about, what, 30 years ago this came out? It looks about. It looks like it's about like a 30-year-old video. Yeah. So that's, like wow. That. So this has been going on for a while. Oh, dude, yeah. So this book's been out there for a couple decades, a few decades now. There, this is a, a bombshell book which uh, just came out uh, last week, and uh, it makes uh, some uh, pretty uh, hair-raising uh, charges against uh, a lot of folks involved with the National Football League. Uh, the title says a lot of it, Interference, How Organized Crime Influences Professional Football. Please uh, welcome its author, Dan Moldea. Dan? Moldea. Moldea, okay, yeah. So his background as a journalist is like is like uh, crime, right? Like yeah, yeah, criminal, uh, like criminology and stuff like that. Crime and sports and the mafia and all that jazz. From the powers that be, anything? No, we they just want me to go away right now. We've we've spoken to them and they don't want to talk about it either. They have nothing to say. But they're not denying anything and they're not refuting any of the facts. Let me let me talk about some of the major charges. And I just I just jotted down a few of the. I mean, you're saying you're saying, for example, um, uh, virtually every team owner gambles on on football teams well i'm saying that no fewer than 26 that's nfl team owners have documented ties past and present nfl team owners have documented business ties to either the gambling community and or the organized crime syndicate i'm also saying that no fewer than 70 nfl games have been fixed now that that's 70 pretty, uh, that's pretty uh, 70 wow no fewer than seven zero nfl mm -hmm. games have been fixed you mean right. the 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 outcome the point spread what i'm saying the points were shaved and thereby fixed yeah. how does this happen well, I, I first got into this about 1983. Uh, uh, Vincent Persani, who is the head of the Michigan State Attorney General's Office Organized Crime Division, told me, if you're going to do a book about the NFL, Dan, you're going to have to get into this guy, Don Dawson, because he was fixing games. We knew it. I went to my friends and my sources at the Internal Revenue Service, the Organized Crime Intelligence Division. They said Don Dawson was fixing games. I went to the FBI, the Organized Crime and Racketeering Section of the Justice Department and Strike Force Field Offices. Everybody told me what Don Dawson was fixing games. At that point, I had enough evidence to pr print that allegedly Don Dawson was fixing NFL games. He was a major bookmaker in the Midwest. I then went to Dawson. I tracked him down. I jumped through all kinds of hoops to interview him. And when I interviewed him on about the seventh or eighth interview, he admitted to me that he had personally participated in the fixing of no fewer than 32 how, NFL how, games. How, and how does that happen? Wow. He liked to work with the quarterback. He would, he would, he would go to the, the quarterback would come to him and say, um, I need some bread. Uh, what's the line on the game this week? And the, uh, and the bookmaker would say, you guys are favored by six points. And then the reply was, we're not going to cover the spread. And basically that was it. Mm. Now, do you, oh you, my do God. you name players? Oh, sure, I book? name players. And also in 1979, I, name a, I, I, I go into the specifics of eight fixed games that were uh, allegedly fixed by two referees who were investigated by both the FBI and the IRS. And I, named, I list the uh, eight games in the, on page 308 of the book. Yeah. Uh, it, are drugs involved in this at all? 
Yeah, drugs are uh, the real variable in all of this. I mean, when a when a dealer, a drug dealer has has a relationship with a player, there's an extortionate edge to that to that situation, whereby that dealer has that player's uh, career in his hands because bribery, of, essentially blackmail, bribery. Right. Uh, what comes along with all that? The the drug policies within the NFL for throwing a person out. Within within the past few years, no fewer than nine NFL teams have been investigated because their players were receiving drugs from gamblers. Now, I know gamblers who, on principle, refuse to sell drugs, but I'm not aware of many drug dealers who, on principle, refuse to gamble. Mm. And uh, the key here is, is, that the, is that the NFL is very aware of the fact, and their worst-case scenario is the, the player who's strung out can't pay his bill to his dealer, and so he, you know, he, the dealer comes to him and says, hey, you owe me money, and the, dealer says, and, and, and the player says, I told you I can't pay it, and the dealer says, that's okay, but now you're going to come and work for now, me. Now, the, the obvious question, you're pointing, you're talking about all these games being fixed, you're talking about all these people involved, you're talking about going to various agencies, and they're saying who the people are involved. Why, why, why has this been... Why has this gone uncovered if this is the case? What I'm also alleging in the book is that no fewer than 50 legitimate investigations of corruption within the NFL have been either suppressed or just flat-out killed as a result of a sweetheart relationship between NFL security, which is the internal police force within the league, and a variety of federal and state and local law enforcement agencies. I have more, I'm a big baseball fan, and I have more respect for baseball right now because of the way it's handled the Pete Rose case in the open and honest manner that has handled this case than I've ever had before. I have more confidence in baseball because it's handled well, how this how do these baseball. investigations get... <laughs> and nowadays, it's enough. Enough is enough. Pete Rose has done his time. <laughs> yeah, essentially, man. Get, get the man in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, get this man in the Hall of Fame. Washed. Basically, it's a, it's a really, it, the, the NFL security people, who are all former Justice Department people, will go to their... So he just said something important. All NFL, uh, you know, NFL people... Are all former justice? Uh, just here. Let's rerun that. Justices. Um, so they worked with like the FBI or you know, right? Uh, you know, IRS or, or essentially. Let's listen. To that Baseball again. because it's handled. Well, how do these investigations, investigations get quashed? Basically, it's a, it's a really it, the the NFL security people who are all former Justice Department people will go to their colleagues, their old colleagues in the Justice Department or in these various law enforcement agencies, and they'll say. Uh, we um, we can handle this internally. Let us handle internally so that we're not getting all the publicity that we would be getting. And so, to all intents and purposes, these investigations we I can cite chapter investigations. Again, I cite about 50 in the book. The um, it is a strange sport because it is the one sport where you can go to a game and come away, even if your home team has won, disappointed because you're not as much interested in the outcome as the. Oh yeah, it's a situation I mean, where you have a game where the score is 21-20. There's 30 seconds left on the clock. You're, the home team, you're up in the stands, and the home team has the ball on the 30-yard line. Now, the problem is that the home team had to give three points in the game. Now, the quarterback goes down on one knee, and the people in the stands boo. Now, they're, they're starting to legalize gambling in Oregon. They're going to have a, a sports lottery, NFL lottery in Oregon, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. I mean, the state isn't in the bookmaking business for eliamasonary or philanthropic purposes. Yeah. They're going to be in this to make money. They're going to take a 40 to 60 percent skim of the, of the handle, of the total pool of bets. And in the end, they're going to educate wow. the public as to how to gamble, how to use the point spread. And then the public is going to realize that it can get a better, big, bigger bang for its buck from Charlie the Bookie, the friendly local bookmaker at the corner bar, who's going to be making put up $11 to win 10 and uh, taking a 10 percent vigorous or commission on the losing Betsy books. Now, um, is all this, is what you have written here going to get things unearthed? Well, I'm hoping that there'll be a, uh, I'm hoping there'll be a federal investigation, um, hopefully the Senate Select Committee, to investigate organized crimes influence in all 
of professional sports, not just football, but on baseball and basketball as well. I'm hoping that there will be registration and licensing of anyone with a financial interest in a professional sports team, that there will be public disclosure of financial transactions involving professional sports teams, that there will be a further examination of public ownership of teams so that the citizens of the cities in which these teams play, the public can have literally a piece of stock in those, in those companies. I'm also afraid that the illegal gambling economy has become an adjunct to the First Amendment because of the insistence by the sports media to print and broadcast the betting line and to hire odds makers and handicappers for the yeah. purposes that is, of... That is uh, true. You uh, read the newspaper and the point spread is in there and it's obviously in there to give you information for gambling, is. which is... Yes. Which and is and, and gambling is still illegal in 49 states until September 6th when the lottery is legalized in Oregon. Yeah. Uh, we just have a minute here, but um, when, when you write about organized crime and, and involvement, does this may give you any cause for concern about your own, uh, your own safety and should I be doing this interview? <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, That's what I'd be does. thinking, too. I yeah. had a lot of trouble when I was younger, but uh, no one's tried to kill me in almost six years, so I feel well, pretty comfortable right now. Well, I don't. This is my fourth book. This is my fourth book, and I should point out, I've never been sued. I've never been sued, and I've... Uh, and I just, I try to treat people with respect, and I think that everybody has something to say. Everyone has an ego, and mob guys are like, you know, human beings, and you just have to be able to push the right button with them. Well, I've never met a mob guy who's not against wiretapping. Yeah. I've never met a mob They're guy who's not... They're lovable lugs, I've never met a mob guy who's not in favor of strong personal privacy. I've been bored for hours by mob guys who are whining about the alleged impingements upon their rights and freedoms by the FBI and the well, IRS. it's a sensational book filled with uh, sensational uh, uh, charges and a lot of information to back up a lot of them. It's called Interference, How Organized Crime Influences Professional Football. Dan Moldea. It's and Moldea guys, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so that uh, you know raises the question, man. Um, you know, sports fix. Dude. It makes you think too. Like, think about how many situations and games that you just see something. There's some freak play happens where it's like, how did they cover that spread? Exactly, dude. It's like how or got or it's like, how is that like how like this guy is usually you know or like just something happens. You're just like, how did that? How? You usually see it a lot on uh, <laughs> field goals or extra points. It's yeah. like, how are they missing that? This dude? guy's money every he's time. He's money every and, time. And, and he shanked this, like, 30-yard kick. Yeah. Like, how? Like, literally shanked it. It wasn't even close. And right. Uh, dude, it makes you really think, like, uh, maybe. I mean, I, I, I well, don't not know. maybe. <laughs> I mean, from what, what Dan Muldale is uh, is alleging here and, and stating yeah, in his books, I mean, there's over 70 games at that point in time. That was fixed. There was, all, crazy, there was 26 man. owners at that time, and there's only 32 teams, so that means like That's six. almost the entire league. Yeah. Uh, you know, so at that time, you know, you had all that corruption going on. I mean, from, from that time, which was probably, if I could look up here in the description, 1989. Okay, yeah. So, it was, yeah, it's about almost a little over 30 years ago. A little over 30 years ago. So in 30 years, uh, you know. Has anything changed? Has it gotten better? Are there any regulations or sanctions on, uh, you know, sports betting and gambling and, uh, you know, insider knowledge of what's going on? The, the, the answer is, the sad answer is probably no. When, when there's that much money involved, people, it's so hard for people to, look, everyone's human at the end of the day, right? These guys, the, uh, all these people aren't, you know, people on pedestals and they, they live right by the book and they're moral and this, that, and the third. Especially in the NFL. Especially in the <laughs> NFL, man. So it's like, you know, do you think things have changed? And, you know, like I said, I don't think so because, you know, there's just way too much to gain. And it's so easy to cover up because it's such, you know, it's such a consolidated league where it's, you know, there's only 32 owners that own the whole and, they, and to an extent, they do police themselves. That he mentioned in this interview, they right. do police themselves internally, and and you would and you would hope in a perfect world with the expansion on legalized gambling 
you would hope it's it's more controlled and you know everything's kind of out there and like but that's never never everything's never going to truly be all out there and just like you know you're never going to truly know what's going on behind no. the scenes i mean i'm sure it happens i mean i honestly think it probably happens a lot less now than it did in 1989 but well there it was still i mean that being said like you said in the 30 plus years since this interview how many more times has it happened right and at what point do you look and go well like Think back historically to some of these games that had these like freak plays that happened. It's like how much of that was like again we go back to theater scripted. Exactly. Yeah, dude. It's uh it's very interesting, you know, and uh instead of just um dismissing, you know, the whole sports is fixed, uh quonky conspiracy, you know, there's actually some validity to it, especially when you have guys like this, uh, you know, really, you know, trying to dig deep and find the answers. Um I don't want to say all all games are fixed, you know, but I will say confidently, you know, if there's what uh what 14 or yeah, about 16 games a week, you know, times that by 18 weeks, uh you got about 208 games a year in the NFL roughly. Right. Out of 200, or I'm sorry, 288 games a year roughly in the NFL. Out of 288 games, man, I'd probably I'd probably say for sure that probably at least 30 to 60 are probably fixed. You know, maybe a third. Um, Still, that's like a that's huge a number. It's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, and, and this is sad to say, I know we were just talking about the Super Bowl and the outcome and everything like that, but I think the biggest game of the year is the most, is the biggest game that gets, uh, you know, wrapped up in I mean, in think all about this. all the, the, the football pools. Right. All the sports books are probably crazy right now. They probably make more money on this game alone, you know, than all all year. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly. it's it's nuts how the NFL, especially the NFL has become such a money maker now with again, with all this, you know, legalized gambling and stuff and all the shady stuff that goes on behind the scenes that's not legal. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll touch more on this on uh, next week's show as well. Uh, we'll revisit it. We'll see what happens in the Super Bowl and see if we can't tie any, uh, you know. Uh, we'll do some digging. We'll do some digging. We'll contact and, the feds, right? And the I IRS. Know, I know Brandon and Alex are, uh, you know, uh, they're they're very interested in this topic alone. I just sent this to the podcast chat, actually. So we'll jump back on this. Might uh, have some implications on uh, uh, Clem's Corner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does Clem <laughs> might, know? Might, we might start... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. We might not have a singer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll dive more into that next week. Uh, this is going to bring us to our last topic, uh, probably one of the bigger the topics. The big one, yeah. The big one. Um, ben Simmons is out as a six Finally. And... Welcome in the beard, James oh, Harden. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, Mario, thoughts? So my thoughts initially, this is kind of how I feel, is like good. Because Joel Embiid, at this point, you have a couple years up to his prime. You had to get him somebody on a Harden level, an all-star player that you know is going to come in here and have an impact. It's going to open that window to win now. And I think they, I think he picked up the option, so he'll be here next year too. Um, my thoughts on the actual trade. Unfortunately, it, it does suck losing Drummond. It sucks losing Curry too, but I, especially Drummond. But at the end of the day, 
it's the price you got to pay to get a James Harden type player. And two first rounders. And two first rounders. And you get Millsap too, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um and then, you know, you look at it like this, like say you don't pull the trigger on this. You're not you're already getting nothing out of Ben. And the argument is, well, if MB goes down, you have Drummond. Well, if MB goes down and Drummond's the starter, you're not winning anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this isn't Andre Drummond. Nothing against five An- years ago. nothing against Andre Drummond, but he, he's a backup. Yeah. He's a solid backup big man, but if if he has to play a bulk of the rest of the season, if MB were to get hurt, you're not you're not winning anyway. No. And even and even with the constructed roster the way it was, you, you we really weren't expecting the Sixers to do anything. Right. So now it's like, well, damn, now you look at the East and it's like, all right, you got Milwaukee. There's a couple other teams like Miami, but like Cavs. The Cavs. But the path to the Eastern Conference Finals just got a lot better. Yeah. You have a lot clearer of a path. And, you know, it's it's exciting because, you know, with Harden, it's going to open up and B's game. He's going to be able to kind of stay down at the low post more. He's not. Well, be, you would hope. You, you, hope. you hope he's not going to be at the perimeter, just chucking up threes. Um, and you know, Harden Harden's game. You know, when he's got the ball in his hands, he kind of dictates the play on the court. So that's cool. I mean, it's it's the opposite of Simmons, where he's more of a facilitator. He's not going to take shots. He's not really going to take any risks. And the most exciting part is. You know we're gonna get to see Ben Simmons like four times a year now. Yeah, well, and then as uh, you know, close as in March, I think uh, I forget the exact date. March eighth. I think or it's something. like the eighth or tenth or something, something like yeah. that. Uh, ben Simmons is coming back. Oh, you you watch. Oh, those tickets are going. Oh yeah, that, that's what people were saying, dude. That's what people were saying. Though. Right, right around the shoot around, you're gonna hear. Oh, Ben Simmons got COVID, or he pulled a hamstring, or, or something. yeah, some yeah. stupid shit. He, dude, if he does play in that game. That that arena is going to be rocking, and he's going to get mercilessly booed. booed and dude. totally acceptable. We deserve our pound of flesh as a fan base. I, I I cannot wait. Yeah, me neither, dude. I cannot wait. wait either, dude. Uh, yeah, dude. You know, I uh, I don't know how to feel about this trade. Unfortunately, to me, I think it's a little too late for uh, you know. The Sixers that had pulled off this trade. I was shouting at the rooftops this uh, three years ago, man. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid cannot coexist, um, and they just you're tr- right. They tried to make it. They tried to make it work, and you know it, it got them. You know, an older James Harden, a more much more out of shape James Harden, um, and you know we had to give up a little bit to get him. Uh, you know, and it's not the best James Harden. You know, this, this James Harden isn't going to be the guy who's getting triple doubles every night. He's not going to be knocking down sixty a game. Like, no, you got to understand what you're realistically getting. But what I will say, I will say, I'd rather take a defensive liability than an offensive liability any day of the week because if MB could put up his normal, you know, twenty to thirty, and then you have and his some... defense and his defensive game's solid too. So yeah, right, you're still right. getting the defensive effort out of him. That's the thing with Simmons was like people go, oh, well, you're losing that defense. It doesn't help if you're not scoring if baskets. Not scoring. Yeah. <laughs> the name of the game in basketball is to put the ball in the basket. Exactly. And he's not shooting. You're not getting anything out of him anyway. Right. At least with Harden, you hope that, you know, now with a change of scenery, he'll be able to really shine with Embiid. You got you kind of hope that, you know, he'll come in in shape. I know they said he, I know they said he's probably going to think they're going to have like a press conference this week coming up. And I think he's going to he probably won't suit up till maybe close to the weekend. Probably closer to the weekend, maybe middle of the week this week coming up. But still, I mean, you, you hope you hope now, like you gave Embiid a legit number two, 
So we'll see, man. We'll see. And what's cool is you didn't have to give up Maxi. You didn't have to give up Thibel. That's so you have young talent, right? On you know, and you're starting Harris, right? You still got yeah, right. Obviously, and and you know, at that point now, you have a starting five that can really compete in the East, right? Uh, Yeah, we'll see, man. Listen, we we've been trusting the process for the better part of a decade now. So uh, you know. Now that we got Harden, now we got an official number two, finally, you know, uh, a Robin to and beats Batman or the whatever way you want to look at it, you know. That's uh, how, that's, at, at the end of the day, like you said, you're not getting the Houston Harden, you know what I mean? You're, you're getting somewhere, he, he might be closer to that than what he was with the Nets because he really wasn't, you know. Much. Yeah, he wasn't, that, that. that that whole dynamic with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and they tried Harden. for a super team and that failed abysmally. Because yeah, that's because that's really what the NBA has become now. I mean, yeah. think about ever since you saw it with the Miami Heat teams, those LeBron Miami Heat teams. Well, I'll I'll say this real quick. But I I think it started with the KG uh, Kevin Garnett uh, Paul Pierce uh, and the Ray Celtics. Allen. I think that's where we kind of seen it, and then that LeBron, that was the first real example of that. LeBron was just and then like, it got popularized in like the early two thousand tens. Yeah, LeBron was just crying and saying that, uh, you know, I... I and then you see team. Golden State did it. Everywhere, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. these super teams, and it just backfired on Brooklyn. And, and it's funny because you hear people in Brooklyn being excited about this trade. Right. You can have Ben Simmons. Take him. He's going to give you nothing. Nothing. He And you think he, you think all of a sudden he's going to be mentally tough enough to play in New York? He couldn't play in Philadelphia? Yeah, exactly, dude. New York's a tougher market. And dude. I get it. They're not the Knicks, so, like, they're not, like, the focal point of... New York sports media. Still but you're still York. playing in New York. Still New York. Yeah, got to look at it that way, man. Uh, you know, whatever. It's, it's it. Look, Harden is better than Simmons, and I will say that. Like I said, we've been trusting the process all this point. What's another year or so? And now that we have, uh, you know, someone who can actually knock down threes consistently, um, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens, man. But all, all you can ask for is a chance and a shot. Uh, no pun intended, but we got one. So. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see if Embiid can live up to the hype. We'll see how much James Harden left has left in his tank. He is 32 years of age. Um, you know, uh, he still still has some years left. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you see it now in the NBA. 32 is not old anymore. No, no. And sports in general, but especially with the NBA. I mean, hell, I mean, we just mentioned LeBron. I mean, he's playing in his late 30s. He's playing lights out. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it's exciting. I mean, at the end of the day. You just went from having this guy that literally gave you nothing and will is willing to take millions of dollars in, in losses to not play for your franchise up to this point uh, to a legitimate all star that you said that's going to put up threes and is going to dictate the offensive game and right, is going to open right. up Embiid's offensive game right and allow him to do what he does as a big man and dominate in the low post up to the point that we were just at I think this past week uh, Ben Simmons it had came out that he had lost twenty million dollars. <sighs> Uh, you know, just from sitting out, and then when he was set to lose another ten million, uh, if he sat out for the rest of the year, and it, it, that's ridiculous, man, because it's like people like us sitting over here, we're talking about it last night. It's like trying to, you know, just make ends meet, and then this guy can just willingly. <laughs> I'm trying give to survive up. till my tax returns exactly, come in, and this guy is willing to drop to nineteen, twenty million dollars just to not play. Yeah, I mean, how selfish can you fucking be, dude? Get him, give him the fuck out of here. He he may be the most hated Philadelphia athlete of all time. Dude, they actually, uh, I seen something on Twitter yesterday, dude, it was pretty funny. They were like, uh, I think Philadelphia is getting ready to build, like, uh, some, I forget the, the, how they titled it, but it was uh, Carson Wentz, Mar- uh, Markel Fultz, uh, it was uh, Ben Simmons, and then there was a hockey player, too. I'm not sure if you could speak on that. 
I'm trying to think who it would be. I mean, someone who didn't. Oh, work. probably Brzgalov, maybe the goalie. No, they're no, paying no. him still. I think. <laughs> I tell you who I would put on that list. Going back a little further, uh, Scott Rowland with the Phillies. Oh, dude, Scott Rowland, dude. I still fucking hate him, dude. And 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 um, a lot of a lot of the Eagles players, up until really Wentz. They've been more of just like this guy's just not good, rather than like this guy's just a legit disgrace to the franchise. Right. Like, think about Ben Simmons. I mean, that's just like a legit like public enemy number one. This guy doesn't like this franchise. Doesn't like playing here. Never felt comfortable here, and turned his back on you and just. I mean, that to to me, he's got to be number one now. All time. I can't seem to find three guys. <laughs> Here, hold on. Um, Philadelphia Sports, Mount Rushmore. A food did not pan out. Let's see if I can. I'm trying to think who it would be for the Flyers because you mentioned the Flyer was on. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, I'm trying to go back. I mean, there's there's guys that haven't panned out, but there's really been nobody. There's really been nobody I can think of that truly turned their back on the entire city. Let's see if we can't find this. If I can't, then oh well. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I can find this, uh, guys. So uh, we're just going to have to. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to find it. it, it it's it, it's no big deal. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Uh, this is uh, it's been a good show. Uh. Me and Mario are going to uh, just uh, tighten up this one part in this song we were writing. Uh, we will be back on next week. Um, I think we're going to move in the paint to uh, Friday nights. Like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, I did start a new job. Uh, you know, I got to wake up at like the ass yeah, crack even of dawn. me, I'm back in the office full time, my job. So it's been nice being able to do this on a Friday where I don't have to worry about being out late. Right, right. It's we not can, a big deal. We can enjoy, you know, the whiskey and, you know, yeah. all that good, uh, good it stuff. Does, it does hurt a little bit. When you're waking up on a Thursday morning after after Jeez, a couple dude. shots of Jim Beam. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, Podcast until midnight. So we will be back on next week. Uh, you know, mark your calendars for Friday. Uh, also, too, uh, you know, stream when you're around, guys. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel, video. Uh, it's on audio, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, anywhere you consume music when you're around is there. Um, but, yeah, this has been a, this has been a great show. Uh Thank God Ben Simmons is out of town. Um, Super Bowl is tomorrow. Uh, we will see what happens. Uh, you know, like I said, there's not really uh, anyone I'm really rooting against or rooting for. All I'm rooting for is a good game. That's not fixed. Hey, I would say that a good game that's not rigged. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah man. So, uh, yeah, this is the uh, worst part of the show, which is the ending. But thank you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe button on your way out. And, uh, you know, catch us uh, next week. Um, until then, stream when you're around as much as you can, guys. Get into, uh, you know, a new face and share it uh, with someone new. Uh, and we appreciate everything. We appreciate the support. Uh, we are nothing without uh, the people who listen to our music and support us. Uh, but, yeah, man, this has been fun. Yeah, um, it's like the old days. Yeah. Just yeah, two just, of us. Just like the old days, yeah. <laughs> Holding it down like the, how, how we started. How did I go this whole show? We're not even mentioning <laughs> But yeah, this is uh you know me and Mario uh you know started the show um and it, it's like back to our roots, dude. Yeah, you know this is like a throwback episode, right? Yeah, yeah, for real, throwback, retro. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna take us to the end. So for all my, right, man. Myself, John, Mario, peace. And I guess Brandon, Alex, they'll be back on next <laughs> week. Man.